yeah, I think tonight let's dispense with the cold open and I'll just open it up with uh, this is Three Strikes You're Up podcast, part of the Outsports Podcast Network. My name is Ken Schultz, contributing writer to Outsports, Baseball Prospectus, and Stand Up Comic. And my special guest today was hoping to be celebrating something and uh, turns out to be not so much. Uh, one of my colleagues, one of my besties from the Outsports Podcast Network, host of the Game Day Tea. And my friend in sharing Troy Savon thirst traps, and we might need several yeah. to cheer you up tonight, D. Gill. Good, sir. Hello, hello. Just go ahead and play that new Angel music video from Troy Savon. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm going to need that whole, to watch that whole thing to cheer me up, because um, clearly my braves have crapped the bed once again <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a way that is just so Atlanta. Uh, on, on repeat. Yeah, the, the yes. oh, good Lord. Like Troy is leaning in to being just a the hottest of hot twinks, and I am all here for it. Um, <laughs> so I guess let me just start. Uh, we are recording this just after the Dodgers have finished up the eleven to two win in uh, what could have been a clinching game five of the NLCS. It's now three two headed back to Atlanta on Saturday night. Uh, very simple. How are you feeling, man? I feel crappy. Like. All day today, everybody has been saying on all the social media platforms, all right, today's the day. We got Max Free. We got Max Free. What happens? But I drank the Kool-Aid. And the Kool-Aid obviously had poison in it because <laughs> this, it's another to lose like this, Ken, 11 to 2. It's it's just like here we go again. I will say this though, we're going back to Atlanta, and those Atlanta fans, if we can win the next game, they deserve to see that because we've been through so so much. Uh, that would be really really sweet to see. So, kind of bittersweet. I do feel kind of cool that Atlanta will probably get to see that moment. So, yeah, I'm trying to think the last clincher in a playoff series Atlanta might have, was would have seen at home would have probably been when they clinched the pennant in 99, right? So that was at home against the Mets, if memory serves? Your memory probably better than my memory. That, yeah, that I'm pretty sure that was back at Turner Field. And I know for a fact that they won the World Series in 95 at home, which was uh, which was quite a night. Correct, correct, correct. But uh, it's, this is so Atlanta. This is so <laughs> So, so Atlanta sports now has got me wondering about the Georgia Bulldogs. Like, what's going to happen to their season now? Because we're like, we're number one team in the country. Like, you know, we're really good. Is Alabama going to beat us? Or are we going to make it all the way to the playoffs just to lose? Like, this is just setting me up. And I was talking to one of my good friends, Ken, and he started his own podcast called The The Curse, Atlanta Sports. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was talking about that. And he was like, dude, it's going to happen again. I'm like, no you're wrong. It's going to happen, dude. Deagle is going to happen. And sure enough, here we go. Yeah, and I got to think that having the extra day now, the travel day between game five and six, can't be good psychologically for most of these guys, especially everyone that was there last year uh, when they blew the three-run lead to the Dodgers, because now it's a, a day to think, okay, we had our shot with our ace pitcher on the mound, and we'll get to him in just a minute here. Uh, but now... Now you've got two against Scherzer and Bueller, and we got to step it up because we remember what happened last year, and they're going to be reminded nonstop until the next game on Saturday night. 
And this, if we do not advance, this will probably go down in history as one of the worst F-ups in Atlanta Braves history. Like, you can't, like, I know, like, in ranking up there at all time of worst sports, I mean, I know the Buffalo Bills went, this will probably be right underneath that. Yeah. As far as, like, getting fans up. Yeah, I'm, I can't I'm trying imagine. to think. Uh, I just off the top of my head, and this is not going to comfort you at all, but I don't think there has been a team in baseball history that has blown three run leads in uh, three to one leads in consecutive postseasons. Like that's it's, that is not a common occurrence, as as well you know, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, like that that would be just a killer. Like I, and the I, Atlanta team would be the one to do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's man, the city. It, it, it is a perpetual cloud. It's that, and we we've talked about this before on the pod. That uh, that uh, it really was exacerbated, of course, by the, by the infamous Falcons Super Bowl game. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I, I have been there. I, I I have I have lived the life of what happens when fans <laughs> expect the worst and kind of project those expectations onto a team. And yeah, it takes a special group to overcome that. Um, and that said, starting Ian Anderson and Charlie Morton, while not on the quality of a Scherzer Bueller back to back, you mm-hmm. could certainly do worse. Like, you could. like uh, Anderson, while doesn't have a huge track record, has stepped up in big games last year. And then Charlie Morton has been one of the better postseason pitchers since 2017. So yeah. having him as the insurance policy in game seven, well, you don't want to go to that. It's it's not all is lost completely. I don't think it, it's not. It's a good situation to to be in. Putting this team together, our management, uh, trade deadlines, you know, all star breaks. We we went out there and and got the guys to win. You know, and and that started in the offseason before the season started and after the All-Star break. And like you said, we get, <laughs> some pitchers are sitting at home watching right now, you know. So yep. I, I feel confident in our those two guys going out there and, and getting the getting the win. I think this is a better team last year than the postseason. The Rosario, like, come on. Like, really? Mm-hmm. He, it's like... Dude, where did he come from? Hashtag thank you, uh, Panda, <laughs> for being, having us. Because was that one of the better trades of the of the season? Right? Oh there? my God, yes. Especially given the fact that when they traded for him, he was on the IL and was going to be gone until late August. That yeah. uh, they kind of were playing the long game with that in mind, and especially because they had to rebuild the entire outfield at that point. And I'm glad you brought this up because. Like one of the things that is most positive about how far the Braves have come and what I would really like to see uh, if they manage to close the deal with, with winning the pennant is that they are the rare team in the year of our Lord 2021 that did not take adversity as an excuse to say, ah, oh, fuck it, blow it up. Yeah, start over. Let's let's trade everybody. Let's let's, you know, cut costs like when Acuna went down, they would have been perfectly understandable to say, yeah, this just isn't our year. But mm-hmm. Alex Anthopoulos took a look at it and said, no, nah, we got a shot at this thing. Yep. Let's actually put our chips in. Let's be competitive. 
And so far, they've been rewarded for it. And I, I want to see teams get rewarded for trying. Yeah. He uh so so here, here's what happened. He went out and got Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler, and he gave up Pablo Sandoval, Casey Kalich, Bryce Ball, and Alex Jackson, and zero of our top prospects. Yeah. He yeah. he needs to win GM of the year. Like oh my god, yes. Yeah, like yeah, I, especially if we make it to the World Series, like it's it's a done deal. However, I want to ask you though. Do you give the Braves an excuse to not get into the World Series? Is well, can we use Acuna getting hurt as an excuse? Um, coming this close, no. Like, okay. if they had fallen short in, say, the division series, like if the Milwaukee's pitching and dominated them, then then sure, you know, when you don't have your absolute number one, mm-hmm. um, and you could certainly make the argument that Acuna brings enough by himself that if there's a close game in game six or game seven against the Dodgers, you could say, yeah, having a healthy Acuna playing at the, like one of the two or three best players in the game level that he usually does could possibly put them over the top. But all that said, when you get a team down three to one in a best, best of seven, and you're coming home for your last two games, and you also have your ace on the mound for game five, uh, the former Cubs, now current White Sox announcer, Steve Stone, used to have a saying, don't tell me how the, rough the water was, boys. Bring in the ship. And it's time for the Braves to bring Ooh. in the ship now. This is this is your like time. That. This is your opportunity. Get it done. Yeah. I would even say that Snit is gone. It may sound crazy. It may sound crazy to the R listening to this. And you may say, uh, no way. I could make an argument that he could possibly be gone if we do not make it to the World Series, if we make it to the World Series and we lose, he's there. He's still there. However, if we do not make it, you, you, he has to be gone. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I was kind of thinking about that watching the, the game today play out as well. That for the incredible job that he did, kind of keeping them afloat through all the injuries and through that first four months where it was just like, are they ever going to have a three-game winning streak? Mm-hmm. And you know, for all the job he did during the regular season, which was incredible and certainly might be worthy of manager of the year. Like if you, again, if you lose consecutive playoff series, when you're up three games to one, like at a certain point, that's also on your leadership. And that could be kind of like almost a Grady Little comp, maybe not as blaringly obvious as Grady Little, but that could be like a signal saying Brian Snitker can't quite keep these guys like mentally to the point where they feel confident in putting the Dodgers away. And granted the Dodgers are the deepest team and 106 win yeah. supposed to be juggernaut. They're supposed to be hard to be put away, but nonetheless yeah. going up three, one, seasons. Yeah. Honestly, if you're going to be ruthless yeah. and you're going to say, you know, there's somebody better out there that can get us over the top. I'd say, yeah, I'd be willing to listen to that argument. And crazier things have happened. Like managers have won it all and then been fired mm-hmm. the next season and all across sports, not even just baseball. So it's 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 not a done deal. Like it's not unthinkable that he, he couldn't be fired. Um I I just I just want to see more fire out of him. When the camera spans to him, he's just sitting there mm, with, his, with his hands on top of the rail. It's just like and I some hey, you may come at me for this too. I question the Braves' leadership 
where's that where's that person that we like Freddie is an awesome hitter, best hitter on the team. But is he gonna rah-rah the troops up? Is he gonna walk up and down that dugout, say, come on, get in there? No, Freddie is one of those guys that's gonna come to the ball, uh, ballpark, do his thing, hit a home run, hit a single, and then walk out. He, he doesn't strike me as that type of like leader that you see like championship teams have, like that that Justin Turner, like that 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 player that you just know is just like respected and you listen to him when he walks in the room. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if we had that on our team. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the best player that does it, but yeah, you know, I'm usually kind of a let's you know be as dispassionate and scientifically minded while we look <laughs> at the stats as possible. I'm I'm that guy usually. But, you know, having been through, of course, the 2016 Cubs and, you know, watching teams like, you know, the Red Sox uh, in the previous decade before that, there is certainly something to be said when you run up against adversity. If you've got a big poppy in the locker room or if you've got, you know, not at that level of quality of a player, certainly, but uh, there is a reason why the Cubs lifted David Ross on their shoulders and let him off the field after they won game seven in 2016. And a big part of that was David Ross was the guy who, when they went down 3-1 against Cleveland, walked into the locker room, saw somebody slamming a glove into his locker and said, nope, nope, we are not doing that. Grandpa's here. Grandpa's going to be in the game tomorrow. We're going to keep our heads high. We're going to go out there. We're going to play the kind of baseball we played all year. And everybody in that team shut up and listened. And there, I don't right know. Now, I hope that's going on in our locker room right now. Like, especially after a loss like this, it would be different if it was like a close loss, a walk-off loss. You kind of feel good about yourself and say, hey, you know, we got to clean it up uh, here or there. I think the Braves thought they were in. I thought oh, they yeah. were in. I think they thought oh, this is a done deal, especially after that first inning home run by Freddie Freeman. I think they got the big head. It was like, yep, it's the World Series, pop the champagne, yada, yada, yada. Where's Franco interpret interpret all, all our players? That's by the way. Shout out to Franco. I worked with Franco back in 2010 and 11, and he's just such an awesome guy, and I I, I miss him a lot. He, he's a really awesome guy, nice. by the way. But um, yeah, I'm glad he gets TV time. But, but yeah, you're right that right now, I mean, regardless of the fact that they're still up in the series and they're going home. Right now, there probably is that creeping sense of doubt and that uncertainty of not knowing, okay, is this going to happen again? And that's when you need that guy in the clubhouse to step up and say, not in my watch, guys. We're, we're going out there. We're going to play exactly what we know. And, and we hinted at this about 10 minutes ago, and this is the time to bring it up, that after the Freddie Freeman home run in the, in the first inning that put him up 2 nothing today, when you have your ace on the mound, you cannot pitch the kind of game that Max Fried pitched today. That I don't was know. awful. I don't know what that was. I mean, you're going up against a bullpen game against the other team, and you got your ace on the mound. Like you, like you expect to win. Like, do you even pull him in this in the second? Do you even allow him to go back out in the third? I I was just so disgusted watching that. Actually, I was listening to it. I was in the car. I had to take my dog to the kennel, but. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm glad I wasn't watching it. I probably would have threw my remote at my TV. <laughs> you had to take your dog to the kennel and just hide him from Braves baseball at that point. I, so, I, I did. Act it's, of mercy. <laughs> I mean, I could not believe what I was listening to, especially after that first inning. Yeah, it, it was watching the game, watching that second inning on TV. 
it was a moment where you could see Max Fried just didn't know what to do at a certain point because he was throwing the fastball, the slider, and the curve, and he kept hitting middle-middle over and over again. And Pollock and Taylor crushed it, did what yep. you're supposed to do when you, when you leave a ball middle-middle. And the, the signature moment of that inning, and I, I don't know if, if they made a big deal of it on the radio, but when Cody Bellinger fainted running, uh, taken off from first, and yep. Freed was in the middle of his windup, and he got distracted, glanced over at Bellinger for a second, and still didn't know what to do, tried to complete the pitch, and then hit the batter in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of see in that moment, like, yep, that's this, I don't know what's going on, I don't have my stuff, I don't know what to do, I'm about to panic. And it played out in in real time for everyone to see on TV. And it really, really sucked. Yeah. yeah. The experience wasn't there tonight no. in the big game. There's something to say about the Dodgers going out and getting the experience and pitching. Uh, it, it, the lights were too big for them. Hopefully the other guys that we have coming up can learn from that and say, hey, let's go out there and pitch a good game. But that was straight trash. <laughs> yep, yep, 100%. <laughs> All right, so you are now going home for games six and seven. And... Uh, Let's take our minds off of what's going on in the field for a second, because after watching games one and two uh, and seeing how much the fans are into it, but the very specific, very kind of way they expressed how much they were into it, I I know it's not possible during this postseason, but I got to ask, how do we get rid of the tomahawk chop at this point? Look, that thing right there, is like telling Georgia to put a mask back on. <laughs> I don't see how. Uh. <laughs> and yeah, when I put it like that, huh? It puts it yeah. in pers- perspective yeah. how hard that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 it. Uh, good luck. Yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. We can't. We got Chick Fil A in the stadium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like if you got the, you know to, to to double off to almost double off that point you have the chick-fil-a cow leading the tomahawk chop like the animatronic thing out in right field yeah yeah let's let's combine the racism <laughs> and the homophobia into one big package welcome to georgia baby come oh. on y'all <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about it is is isn't didn't they steal that from florida state like it's not even an original braves thing is it yeah, it's uh, it's it's bittersweet because I remember going to the game five, six, seven years old. My tomahawk just uh, just just doing my thing, and then you grow up, and you're like, wait, <laughs> damn, damn, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My uh, friend and friend of the pod, Kevin McCaffrey, on his podcast, Away Games, last week uh, had a really good point. Uh, along with my friend Adam Amawala, that they discussed that he can understand, like when you're a kid, and especially like if you're a kid going to games in the 90s, before we really kind of thought about the ramifications of what we were doing, yeah, you could kind of see that, you know, this is how everyone's getting excited about baseball, so you get on board with it and whatever. But now, like 30 years later, if you're doing the chop, you know exactly what you're doing and the message you're sending. And uh you can't yeah. take my chop away no, <laughs> right over my damn body. You ain't taking my chop away. 
you can you can have my chop when you pray it from my cold dead hands. <laughs> I'm bear me with my tomahawk, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what a hill to die on. Like Jesus. <laughs> but Ooh. yeah. It, it's it, gonna get worse if we win the World Series. Oh, of course. Oh, oh, and, oh, and believe the next game is gonna be <laughs> even stupider. It's gonna it's it's yeah. Yeah, it's and, and it's a thing that, like, the Braves uh, was a couple years ago when the Cardinals had a picture of Native American descent, who I think gave an interview where he said, uh, yeah, actually, that does bother me. And that was the first time the Braves, like, actually made a motion to say, okay, let's stop playing the music and see if, stop putting an official stamp of approval on this and stop giving away the foam tomahawks. And now it's like everybody that goes to Truist or whatever the hell Bank Park it's called, uh, it's, has taken it upon themselves to be like, okay, well, the Braves have stepped back with our racism, so now it's up to us as fans to to make it in our thing. And uh, it's my First Amendment right. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that's exactly what the First Amendment says. It's just exactly. one long, yeah, one long ho, oh, 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 yeah. Uh, so, all right, uh, from a scale of one to ten. Um, your confidence level going into game six and if possible game seven. I know we talked earlier that, yeah, it's such an Atlanta thing, but like, do you have any hope at this point? Five. Five. All right. That's fair. That's fair. That's actually yep. not bad. Cause if, if we lose, we got another game, you know? Yep. And it's like, but the other half of me is, is, is saying, I really think this is just, it can't happen. Like you will not crush my heart like this. Like it's like it's in the back of your mind thinking like I know this is not about to happen again. Mm-hmm. I will exactly. literally fly down there with my holy water <laughs> and go to Truist Park <laughs> and go to the old Turner Field site and just spray it on there <laughs> i will i will believe in witchcraft all that other stuff if this if that happens again so but, uh, <laughs> yeah so so your friend has the the podcast about the the atlanta sports curse have yes. have they picked like a name for it like the cubs had the curse of the billy goat and the red sox had the bambino like have have you centered on like who started this for atlanta sports yet or is it just kind of a general well, everything sucks. I think it's going to be an everything sucks type of thing. Mm. Um, I I can't wait, wait to listen to it. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's about like, just like Atlanta, the sports curse, something like that. Mm. But uh, it's this will be a hell of a first episode. You have a <laughs> lot of content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, to go off the, of. Uh, Last time the Braves won the World Series, so would it be like the curse of Marquise Grissom? Maybe that's. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I. I am convinced. Like the old Turner Field site was uh, Indian <laughs> reservation. <laughs> the, the old Turner site was the, was the Olympic Stadium, so maybe it's like the curse of Kerry Strug. Yeah. Like Atlanta's last moment of good mojo was to get her the gold medal, and then once we can barely do that, yeah, barely do that because there was a bomb. (laughs) Bomb. Yeah, (laughs) like we we need we need her to anoint Truist Park with holy water, like poured from her injured ankle. 
Like I'm making this up as I go along. Like, I love it. The That's best what I you do, do as a comedian. You improvise. Yeah, yeah. And you see why my my strength is more in writing than improv. Sadly. <laughs> well, at least yeah, you I you know your strengths. You're you're an awesome writer. You anybody listening, all of Ken's stuff for Outsport is Outsports is so so good. Please please check it out. He, he captivates uh, his audience very well. That's very kind of you to say. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to interrupt you with anything there, certainly. So preach, well, well, there's a reason why I have never written an article for Outsports because I can't write. <laughs> ah, I'd love to have you, man. Hey, I need it. Apparently, I must have just fell asleep through English class and writing classes when I was a kid and nothing really stuck. But you got up in a uh, public speaking class, I'll tear the house down. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you have insightful interviews every damn week with, with the guests oh, you get on the Game Day Tea. And it's your an essential part of our podcast network here. And a must-listen every Tuesday, if I might say so. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. And uh, we're kind of at the point where show plugs are coming up. So who you got coming on next week? I am saving my episode. I have not recorded it yet because I want to see what the Braves are going to do. Mm, so it's going to be kind of like a piggyback off of this oh, episode. Is you're gonna get raw emotion of <laughs> what went down. So this next the game day tea, good or bad, I'm gonna come with it. I love it. This, this is a choose your own Braves adventure game day tea coming up next Tuesday, and definitely a must listen if that's the case. That uh, you yes, have come yes. upon a fork in the road. One one direction <laughs> leads to uh, Houston or Boston, which okay. The other direction, ah. I really don't want Boston. They're, I, I really, we just don't do well against Boston teams. Yeah, that's, I, I, I just, I just don't want Boston. It's going to take a Boston miracle, and they're capable of it. They've, they've got an offense for it so for them to come back against Houston. But uh, yeah, either way, that's going to be real rough because those are those are stacked lineups in the American League. Yeah. Uh, what is your gut telling you? Do we pull this off or not? I'm gonna say. Yes, I think it might go the full seven, uh, okay. but I've got a lot of faith in Charlie Morton in game seven. Uh, okay. I really do. And I think it will be Houston, Atlanta in the World Series. And I picked the Braves at the start of the season. So, hell, why not? Why, why not? not at this point? Right? Yep, stick with it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, D. Gill, all good luck going forward, man. Fingers crossed. Thank you. Thank you. Fingers, toes, and everything else, bro.